listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16. The official beer of the Swift Current Broncos is Ryan Schweitzer and Craig Boschman. It's another Broncos This Week podcast here at the Innovation Credit Union IFLEX. I'm Ryan Schweitzer. He's Craig Boschman. Broncos in action last night. Their, uh, their first game in a while against the Lethbridge Hurricanes. And, uh, you know, Bosch Lethbridge, a, a team in a similar situation than Swift, also had to cancel or postpone, rather, a few games due to COVID protocols. But uh, I imagine the boys were happy to get back on the ice last night, eh? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, with, with having to shut things down for a little while there, and then slowly trickling back to, to getting more or less a full practice group together for a couple of days before that game in Lethbridge. Um, I think the excitement was was pretty palpable just to get back to a normal routine again. And, um, you know, I think the game started off pretty well for the guys, 11 shots in the first period. And as you'll hear um, interim head coach Devin Pratt say a little later, you know, you like that start, but just couldn't find a way to sustain it for the rest of the way and then had just nine shots, I think it was, the rest of the way, including overtime. So looking for a little more consistency uh, coming up this weekend with a couple of big games against the Saskatoon Blades. Two goal performance for Josh Davies last night as well. Two more for the 17-year-old and uh, the athleticism on this kid. And we'll, we'll get Devin Pratt to speak to it in a bit. But just the, the breakaway speed, the heaviness of the shot, like this is a total package. He's got all the tools. There's no question. And that's why NHL scouts are keeping their eyes on him. Um, you know, he's got probably the hardest wrist shot on the team. He's probably the fastest player on the team. He throws the biggest hits of anybody on the team. Uh, he's got all the tools to be a successful player. And, you know, for him... To, to be able to come back and score a couple of goals and, and that gives him goals in back-to-back games now because he scored in the, the last game against Lethbridge before that two-week pause. So um, you're hoping that he's one of those guys who can who can have a strong second half here. Um, you know, uh, a guy who's had so many opportunities this year just with his breakaway speed and with his heavy shot. It seems like every every game or every other game he's got a breakaway just because he, he's so much faster than everyone else and he can just pull away. So if he's able to capitalize on, on even half of those opportunities, he might already have 20 goals so far this season. So um, you know, a good good performance for him last night to pick up two and, and a big clutch goal in the last minute to tie it up and, and get the Broncos a point and hopefully just a sign of things to come for Josh. Yeah, certainly some excitement around the hockey club, you know, with players like Josh Davies. And you touched on NHL scouting and whatnot to Central Scouting releasing their midterm rankings. And wow, six members of this team cracking the uh, the central scouting rankings with Ryan Bedahar being added to the mix now. Yeah, good to see uh, Bedahar get on there as well. You know, a guy who's, um, you know, trying to fill some fill some roles and play sort of all all opportunities, you know, whether it's penalty kills and power play, scored his first goal uh, on the power play in Edmonton uh, before Christmas. So, um, you know, hope a guy who's getting more comfortable uh, playing on the smaller ice sheet than he had for the, you know, his whole life before this season. And um, you kind of just hope it grows over the course of the season here. And then he's a guy who might sneak in there, whether it's in the later rounds or, or get an invite to a camp or something uh, once the season's over but uh, certainly great to see him on there I mean the Broncos are the only team in the WHL with six players on that list so uh, you know speaks volumes to the the talent that's on this roster and um, you know they're already already very talented and fun to watch and uh, you know it's only going to get better as the years go on and I had to look it up like and of course cracking the midterm central scouting rank and certainly doesn't mean that it's a guarantee that you'll get drafted in the NHL entry draft but I had to look up when the last time was in Bronco history six players went in the same draft and 1974 <laughs> the draft that introduced Terry Roskowski Brian Trache and Tiger Williams into the NHL so I know the uh, the 1986-87 team had five players I think there was another year where there was five guys but 93 had four or five 
95, sorry, 94 had four. Wow, this is a long stretch here. Yeah. 93 had five, 94 had four, and 95 had four as well. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, so I mean, over that three-year period, that's a lot of guys getting drafted in the NHL, but but potentially six guys in one year is is unprecedented and certainly a feather in the cap to uh, to everybody who's been involved with this organization over the past few years to, to bring together this semblance of talent and, and get us where we are today. Yeah, I think it really speaks volumes to how much of a grand slam the organization hit with that 2019 um, WHL prospects draft. I mean, Matthew Ward going 14th overall. I think if teams could go back, he'd probably go closer to the top five than mm-hmm. than 14th overall. And, you know, Reed Dick, I think, was the second goalie off the board. And, and he's, he's uh, you know, growing to, to be a great goaltender in this league. Josh Davies, who we've talked about. Josh Philman, who has just had a meteoric rise through the NHL scouts' eyes uh, so far this season. Connor Vidstens had a great rookie year. And then, of course, Owen Pickering at the 177th overall. He's you know certainly trending towards being a first-round NHL draft pick this year. So just a phenomenal job done by everybody who was involved in that 2019 draft. And um, you know a lot of home runs hitting that draft. And like I said, these guys are already fun to watch. They're already great players, and they're just going to keep on getting better. How did we get Owen Pickering in the ninth? There's got to be a story there. I, I, well, I know part of it is because at the start of that year, he was 5'7 or something like that. And I don't know what he was by the end of the season, but he was certainly not six foot five that he is now. So, so we I drafted get, him and then he grew a foot. Yeah, pretty much. Like I, he was probably, I mean, I'm going to guess he was probably maybe 5'9 or 5'10 by the end of that draft year. And then he came to the Hubble or the Hub last year and he was, you know, 6'3 in the Hub. And now he's 6'5. He's going to be 6'9 by the time he graduates from the Western Hockey League, it seems like. But yeah, he's been, uh, he's been awesome. And yeah, it's, it's great to see the scouts kind of, uh, you know, putting their eyes on him as well. There were some, you know, guys who, who run their own sort of scouting services on, on social media and Twitter and that kind of stuff. And you saw some guys ranking Owen in the, you know, low to mid first round. There was one that had him at fifth overall in, in the entire draft, uh, one scouting service. And now NHL Central Scouting starting to take, take a notice as well, putting him at 21st amongst North American skaters. So uh, great to see Owen getting the recognition that he deserves. I, I know I, I follow you on Twitter and I saw that you certainly had an opinion about where Matt Ward shook down in the latest rankings. And uh, we're, we're going to talk about that on the Broncos This Week podcast. Uh, Devin Pratt, we pre-recorded our coaches chat with him and, and you brought it up with him and there's some great discussion about you know Matt Ward where Wardo's finding himself in the whole process so so a discussion on that's coming up in a bit here also our feature guest this week is going to be one of the newer members of the uh, Swift Current Bronco family having a sit down with Eric Van Imp yeah a guy who uh, we actually were able to sit down and chat with uh, you know when he got here and then obviously the the team was was kind of shut down there for a couple of weeks so we're able to put out this interview now but uh, yeah Eric Van Imp big addition for the team picked up in that trade from Seattle and a guy who uh, Devin Prod mentions played 25 or 26 minutes last night in Lethbridge and um, you know with Owen Pickering not playing yesterday I think when he's back in that will kind of lighten the load on uh, on Van Imp a little bit but a guy who's going to be relied on you know power play penalty kill uh, big moments with a one goal lead trying to, to get a goal whatever it might be I think he's a guy who's going to play a lot down the stretch here and for a 20 year old guy to, to be a bit of a mentor as well he's far and away the most veteran Western Hockey League player on this roster uh, now that he's here so he's going to be relied upon and uh, you know I think he had a solid first game. Yeah, definitely. So that chat with uh, Eric Van Inc coming up in a bit. You talked about that slam dunk that the Bronco organization did with the 2019 WHL prospects draft and uh, some news coming out uh, in the last few days that we've signed another player from that draft class, uh, one of the fourth round picks, Ty Hurley. 
uh, now a member of the Bronco family and uh, made his Western Hockey League debut last night as well. Yeah, a guy who was playing uh, close to home. I was, I was told from uh, Broncos interim GM Chad Leslie that he in Sherwood Park lives about two minutes from the rink there in Sherwood Park. So he was playing for his uh, hometown AJHL team in Junior A there and um, you know elected to, to make the jump to the Western Hockey League now. So he, he played his first game last night and and a guy who just works hard. Um, you know, he'll he'll go into the corners and not afraid to, to go in against bigger guys and try and win those puck battles. And and that's what you want from a guy who's, you know, not the not the biggest, but a guy who's willing to, to do that and go into those battles and and fight for pucks. So, um, you know, I think Ty, you know, did that in his first game. He was he was engaged physically. He was uh, on his horse all night long. So a uh, good introduction for Ty and uh, exciting to have another one of that 2019 draft class signed. That's eight of 10 guys now from that draft that the Broncos were able to, to get to commit to the organization and that are contributing to the organization as well that uh, that 2019 prospect draft was certainly a game changer all right this is the Broncos this week podcast uh, our feature guest is going to be veteran blue liner Eric Van Imp one of the newest members of the Swift Current Bronco organization but in the much more immediate future we have a chat with interim head coach Devin Pratt right after this you're listening to Broncos this week presented by original 16 the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos Time for our Coaches Show segment. Uh, interim head coach Devin Pratt joins us. Devin, uh, watched the game last night in Lethbridge on uh, on the CHL Live, and I thought it was a pretty entertaining hockey game, uh, but it, it looked like that full 60-minute effort still seems to elude this team from time to time, eh? For sure. Yeah, I think, you know, just uh, a couple of different factors come into it, um, but... One being, you know, we had results early coming back after Christmas and the process wasn't necessarily there. We were getting scoring chance wise, we were getting outplayed, um, but we were finding ways to win. And it's nice to find ways to win, but we've been challenging our guys that we need to be better. And I thought the first 20 minutes in Lethbridge, even though we come out of it down one nothing off of a bad break, um, turnover deep in our zone ends up in the back of your net. But I thought it was a solid road period. And then it just seemed like... I don't know if the tail wagged the dog a little bit with us and we thought that we were going to be okay or what it was, but um, we struggled. We struggled for 40 minutes there uh, to really materialize or create or sustain anything. So uh, I thought for our guys, take a positive from it. Nice to score with the goalie pulled, push it, take a point. Uh, We'll take that point and run. But, uh, you know, we've been challenging them to look in the mirror and I think it's really important today that we, uh, we talk about the truth and the reality of where we're at and we need to be better. You mentioned in our pregame interview that you wanted you guys to get more shots towards the net, and you had a good start with 11 shots in the first period, but just nine the rest of the way, including overtime. So I don't think you want to necessarily waste opportunities by just throwing pucks on net when there's no traffic, but still wanting to generate more opportunities, um, you know, whenever you've got the opportunity to create some traffic in front. Definitely. I mean, you know, the majority of times that you drive the net, you're going to drive the net and look for a rebound. You're not driving the net looking for a backdoor tap-in. And it seems to be right now that when we drive the net, there's no deliveries. Pucks aren't ending up there. They're not getting to those areas. And it's important that we start to do that and that we embrace that. Um, create those second-chance opportunities. You know, our uh, recoveries in the ozone have been low. Uh, our possession uh, turnovers off of possessions have been high. So 
it's just kind of been a little bit of a perfect storm where we're a little loose with the puck. Our puck management isn't there right now, and uh, it's tough to embrace the grind. It's tough to embrace having to get better when you have success, and it's tough to get those messages and lessons across to the guys at times. Um, but it's important, and that's where, you know, I think if we left that rink with a win last night, we're probably maybe riding a little high on the horse here today, and I think it's important that uh, from a coaching perspective, you don't want to lose games, but uh, that was one we didn't deserve. Yeah, you know, uh, I want to talk about the play of Josh Davies. He's a guy last night who got two goals for you. Entertaining moment in the second period where he had a breakaway and he airmailed one over the net that I thought was going to summon the Lethbridge rink crew to have to replace a pane of glass. And then just seconds later, uh, you know, a much more disciplined approach on the breakaway where he was patient and ended up burying. And a two-goal night for your 17-year-old. You know, what's what, what does he bring to the table game in and game out? Yeah, you know what? Josh is an exciting player. Uh, he's dynamic. Uh, he has elite mobility. He's elite strength and elite shot. And uh, he's high energy. And what I've really liked is he's embraced the, the team side of things. He's vocal on the bench. He's a, he's a cheerleader for the boys. And it keeps himself engaged. And it keeps himself energized for when he gets out there. And you can see it. When he takes the ice and he gets open ice, uh, he has separation speed. Uh, you know, I, I joked on the bench that the first shot off the glass of pain probably set up the goal along the ice the next one but uh you know he has that that ability to create those chances so uh you know it's nice to see him get rewarded um and more so here of late um for the stuff he's been doing because he's been creating a lot of quality uh like i said that separation speed he seems to be bound to have a breakaway if not every game one every couple games and it doesn't come from cheating it comes from just beating guys with his force and with his speed and um we're able to find him it's nice to see him get a finish there and then like i said earlier just as a team you know get gaining that confidence confidence of when we pull the goalie we can get the job done and it was a great job by uh, Matt Ward down in the corner winning a winning the battle and locating a bang bang play um, and Josh to work to get open and then to get it on net was awesome. Well speaking of those two guys uh, Davies Ward along with Pickering, Philman, Bedahar and Reed Dick all named uh, to the NHL Central Scouting midterm rankings for this upcoming draft in July. Uh, you know we've known the attention's been on these guys because it's their draft year for a long time and they kind of just continue to grow uh, getting named to the Central scouting just a couple days ago yeah for sure i think uh you know as this process has gone along and we talked about it in the fall um it's nice to kind of have your name out there now it's nice that it's gaining a little bit more traction um but at the end of the day you know the draft's still months away so there's a lot of work between here and there and it's important to stay level-headed to stay motivated and i think for some guys there probably was some fuel that came out of that um and for other guys it's uh you know it's an exciting time but at the same time you can't put your uh your eggs in the basket with a midterm ranking um, when it comes to the draft being, you know, in the in the summertime or in the spring, late spring, whenever it is. So uh, for our guys, I mean, we, we feel that we're an exciting team to watch. We feel that, uh, you know, our young guys contribute and play big minutes for us every night. So, uh, you know, it's got to be a little bit of eye candy for scouts to come to our games and know that you have that many draft eligible guys that kind of rank up and down the board and, um, you know, to watch them compete night in and night out. And for us, you know, right now, we're sitting at, um, oh, I believe it'd be 18 points in 18 of our games. 
right? Points in 18 out of 33, so um, competitive, right? A young team that is competing, that's uh, staying in the mix night in and night out. And uh, for our guys, I think it's important that we continue to do that. Yeah, I want to ask you about Ryan Bedahar. He's a guy who was on this podcast, was a fantastic guest a few weeks ago, and uh, someone who found his name on those midterm ranking, rankings. And I don't disagree with you about, you know, midterm rankings and not getting too hyped about it. But at the same time, you know, t- tell us about Bedahar and, you know, what, uh, same question about Davies. What does he bring to this team night in and night out that you see? Yeah, you know what, I think for uh, Ryan, it's been important that he's adjusted to the North American style. Um, he's got some elusiveness to his game, um, and I think he relied on that pretty heavily in traffic to start the year for us. So um, just embracing the, the pace of play over here, uh, right down to changing up his stick because he, he finds he can't you know load up a wrist shot like he does on the big ice over in Europe. It's got to be quick. It's got to get off. You need more of a flex um, to have that pop in your stick. So... Uh, it's nice to see him uh, get rewarded because he's played a lot of quality minutes for us this year, uh, for sure. And I think, you know, he, being a true critic of his own game, I think there's times uh, there's been stretches he hasn't been very happy with his his engagement or his effort or the, or the results that he's getting. But um, consistency-wise, from the start of the year, he's a guy that shows up to the rink. Uh, he wants to get better. He has a purpose. He has drive. Uh, he's very routine and ritualistic. But, I mean, like working out, the pregame stuff, uh, post game uh, he's one of the uh, the last guys to re- leave the rink every day and it's just kind of body maintenance taking care of himself so I got a lot of respect for that and uh, we wa- we look forward to his continued growth lastly for me on the rankings um, Matthew Ward is a guy who was on this podcast and he said himself that he uses people who doubt him as motivation to get better and I'm not a scout. I would never pretend to be a scout, but I have my doubts that there's 143 guys who are better than Matthew Ward in this year's draft class for North American skaters. This is kind of one of those things where he's, again, one of those guys who can kind of use that as saying that these guys are still doubting me despite the thing that I've done this year, and he would probably want to push harder and have a strong second half to, to prove some of these guys wrong. Yeah, for sure. I mean... I think Matt worded it great himself where he said uh, in an interview with someone that, uh, you know, he's got to respect those guys. It's their job. They're doing their job and they see some kind of deficiency somewhere. Um, Myself, I have trouble seeing that. Uh, I have trouble seeing a young guy, 17 years old, playing first line center, carrying a power play, um, being a leader, um, you know, being the guy who's consistent night in and night out, competitive fire. Uh, he has the most body checks thrown on our team this year. So he, he does things to answer those questions about his size. Um, you know, someone or a group at the Central Scouting aren't seeing that. Um, to the degree and the effect, I guess, that we are as a staff. And I I believe everybody that's in the rink um, on a nightly basis. So I'm with you. um, And that's where I think it's important not to put a whole lot of stock into this uh, because, you know, whether uh, he goes high, he goes late, uh, doesn't go at all, uh, whatever it may be, he's still a quality person. And the the objective for all of these guys is be better tomorrow. Uh, be better next week, be better next month, be better next fall. Whether they get drafted, don't get drafted, the objective remains the same. Uh, The development, they're still at that development time in their career. So um, I got a ton of respect for Matt. Our dressing room does as well. Um, We got a lot of confidence with him on the ice and going up against the other team's best uh, night in and night out. And uh, to be quite frankly with you, like it's impressive. It's really impressive what he's done and how he carries himself and the consistency that he's found. And, uh, you know, he's a he's a joy to coach 
You know, it, and that, that's, that's great stuff. That's a great answer, Devin. We've asked you about three players on this podcast, and you've given three very real and very, very knowledgeable answers. You're, you're clearly someone who, who knows your team and, and spends a lot of time with these guys and cares about the team. I want to ask you how the past few weeks have been, you know, just with the, the COVID going through the, the dressing room, games being postponed and canceled it. And, you know, how, how's that been for you and how's that been for the kids kind of working through this? I think it's been a grind kind of for everybody, um, to be honest with you, but we're very fortunate to be where we are. We're very fortunate that the league wants to navigate through and find ways to, to compete and have competitions while maintaining public health and um you know, those objectives as well and respecting that. So, you know, we look across the country, we look across the North America, the world, people going into lockdowns, um, you know, sports being pushed back. Um, so for us to be here and to be able to come to the rink, I mean, when we did our first uh, five days of isolation as a group, uh, when we got back into the rink with our negatives and we have 11, 12 guys on the ice, there's a buzz, there's energy. Uh, guys want to play, they want to compete, they want to get back. So, um, you know, that's another element earlier when we kind of talk about the effort last night and the rust uh, to our game, like we hadn't played in 15 days. So, um, and then let alone we only practiced as a full team for two of those uh, coming on the end. So um, it has been, uh, it's been difficult, uh, no question, but it's just kind of been one of those things where it's a very fluid situation. You got to kind of be willing to be pushed in any direction. You got to be willing to have your plans pulled out from underneath your feet uh, at the last second. Um, you just got to be very flexible and be able to kind of roll with the punches a little bit. But for our group, uh, our guys have done a great job. We've stayed engaged online with different Zoom calls, um, just kind of getting guys together. They've had some at-home workouts and uh, it's been nice just kind of getting everybody back into the rink and back together. And we look forward to uh, the rest of the guys getting back with us here too. And you had a couple of guys missing from the lineup in yesterday's game. You're hoping to get a few of them back for this weekend's doubleheader against Saskatoon. Um, Owen Pickering, we know what kind of an impact he has every game. Uh, Brady Bernie's been playing great hockey as of late as well. And hoping that those two guys are going to be able to be back here uh, for this weekend with some big games against Saskatoon. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, you know, anytime you take a guy like Pickering out of your lineup, it's just a lot of quality minutes that you have to replace. Uh, we're excited about where our decor is with the addition of Van Imp back there. I mean, he played 25, 26 minutes for us the other night, uh, which was quality. So, you know, you, you put Owen back in with that mix. Uh, McGinley, Sadra Kang, Badahar, um, Weagle, Berzinski, we got a lot of confidence in these guys and, and what they do back there, and we feel that we've we've kind of put together a nice solid decor. So when we can have all the pieces together, um, we're excited to see what that looks like for our group. We're hoping that it leads to more transitions, it leads to more turnovers forced at our blue lines, and then we're able to, you know, control pucks in the opposition zone a little bit more here. And um, you know, Brady's been an exciting little player. Um, you know, he, he has his growing pains like anybody would as a 16-year-old coming into this league. Um, but he finds ways. Uh, he has a ton of ability, has a ton of skill, uh, and he just needs a chance. You know, he doesn't need two or three to score. He's a guy that just needs one. He just has to find the opening, and uh, he's done a great job of creating those chances for himself. So we're excited about where he is and uh, where he's going to continue to progress to. And I think for our group, it's always nice to kind of get guys back into the lineup and uh, inject that energy back in. So a couple important games for us here this weekend with Saskatoon. Yeah, and, uh, you know, 
final question from me here. Saskatoon rolling into town. Very, very good hockey team. Lots of talent making some moves to make themselves stronger recently. Uh, in general, how do you feel you guys match up and, and what are you anticipating out of this weekend? I mean, we like the matchup. Um, personally, I think we just, we like the, you know, we can go out there and we can compete. Like, we feel confident competing with everyone in the league. Uh, and, you know, for us to date, uh, we got to respect the success that Saskatoon has had. But uh, at the same time, you know, we've had some success against them, 1-0-1 right now. Uh, being honest with ourselves and truthful with ourselves, if we play the way we've played this last little bit, uh, we're relying way too heavily on our goaltending, so it's probably going to burn us uh, with the skill level that these guys have so it's important to be disciplined uh, their power plays game changing uh, so if you're going to take penalties it's got to be with a purpose it's got to be you know a hard fought battle uh, back checking on a scoring chance against like Philman did the other night in overtime you know those are those are the ones that you're going to look to kill and that you can push through not the 200 feet away from our net behind the play uh, you know not between the whistles those kind of things so uh, we, we respect Saskatoon we know that the uh, the talent levels that they have but they're a group that kind of excites us that you know we see where they are in the standings and it's somewhere that we want to be and when you can have success against those teams you can kind of foster that confidence in your group that you know you may you may be closer to there than you think you are and uh, I think that's part of uh, what we have kind of going on with Saskatoon and we haven't seen them in a while but uh, I think our group's going to be ready to respond and the other exciting part is getting back here on home ice getting back into the iplex here friday night um nice to always have the the first game of a home and home at home right on thanks for this devin and uh, best of luck this weekend man thank you very much you're listening to broncos this week presented by original 16 the official beer of the swift current broncos it's the Broncos This Week podcast brought to you by Original 16. Our feature guest on this week's episode is the newest member of the Swift Current Bronco family, Eric Van Emp. Eric, uh, just freshly arrived in Swift Current. Uh, welcome to our, our sense-making city here. Uh, f- first impressions of uh, your new squad as you just get off the ice after your first practice here. Yeah, we've got a young group, but uh, a group with a lot of talent. And I think, uh, I think it's a group that looks like they like to compete and have fun. So you, uh, I'm sure you found out the news of the trade the day it was announced. Um, you know, was there any expectation on your part that the trade was coming or did it kind of catch you by surprise? Uh, caught me by surprise. I didn't, I didn't really see it coming, but work with what happens and just make the best of it. Yeah, so your, your situation, you're a Calgary guy. Yeah. So you were home for Calgary for the Christmas break, yeah. just ready to, to board the plane and head back to Seattle when you got the call, that kind of a deal? <laughs> yeah, I was supposed to fly out at 3.15 and then my old general manager called me at about... 10, 11 in the morning and then found out I got traded here and then Chad called me and the rest, yeah, no here. And it's not the first time you've been traded no. this season uh, yeah. or in general. I know you were originally a Spokane draft pick and then yeah. moved to Medicine Hat, then moved to Seattle this year. So that first trade from Medicine Hat to Seattle, you played the first game of the season here and then you got traded yeah. shortly after. So you had been in Medicine Hat for a long time. Uh, was that kind of a, uh, a difficult moment to leave a city that you known for a couple of years? Yeah, for sure. Obviously, a lot of memories there. It's kind of we grew up in hockey almost so to say like been there for three four years love the guys there love that city so obviously it's tough leaving but can't do anything about it and just make the best of your situation 
you're you're a Calgary guy. I would imagine the family maybe a little bit happy to, oh, yeah. to have you closer to home. You know, yeah. playing in Swift Current, only a five-hour drive on four-lane highway. Yeah, it's for sure. It's easier for them. No more. They don't have to fly out to Seattle or get any COVID tests and stuff like that. So it makes their life a lot easier. Well, and speaking of family, your dad, uh, Darren, played a long time in the National Hockey League. Uh, I'm guessing he's had a huge impact on you. Can you kind of just tell us about the relationship you have with your dad? Yeah, for sure. We're really tight. He's kind of been my role model through hockey my whole life. He's always been there just helping me. And just as a kid, it's I'm pretty lucky to be able to learn from a guy like that who's been there and been through all the stuff like that. He's been played in the NHL, played over in Europe, and just cool to have a guy like that in your corner. I'm, I'm dating myself a bit, but I remember when he played for PA against yeah. Swift in this rank, and man, he was good. <laughs> you know, growing up, was your childhood, because your dad's hockey resume, yeah. 400 games in the NHL, a lot of time overseas. Uh, you know, did you move around a lot with him? Yeah, I was, I was actually born in New York when he played for the Rangers. Don't remember much of that. I don't remember any of his time in the NHL, but my first kind of memories of him playing hockey are over in Germany when he was playing for Hamburg and Dusseldorf and going to his games and thinking he was the best in the world. It's pretty cool. <laughs> how, how long did you live in Germany for? Five years. Other five years. Came back when I was in the second grade. Pick up any German? Like second uh, language? I used to. I used to be pretty as fluent as a young kid could be in German. I used I'm, sure, to take it. I'm sure Betterhart would be happy to teach you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, for sure. So you must have played a lot of games against the Broncos over your career yep. being with the Tigers. Um, you know, coming to this rink, I think you were on the Tigers at 17, 18 season. Yeah. So what do you remember specifically maybe about the Broncos from that season when you were a rookie in the Western League? Uh, really good team. Um, always, it's always fun to play against them. It's a little bit of a rivalry. So it'll be really interesting to be on the other side of that now, which is kind of cool. So, yeah, you know what? First impressions of Swift Current. You know, both when you when you came here for the first time as a mm -hmm. member of the Tigers organization, and then yesterday. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I haven't been around the city much, but we just got in at like 4 a.m. yesterday. So, yeah. I don't know. It's a good hockey town. Obviously, small town. People love the Broncos. So I'm excited to be here. We know how small the world of hockey is. Uh, were there some guys on this team that you knew kind of were friendly with before being traded here? Yeah, I know Davies a bit. I've skated with him a bit before. And then I know McGinley, just buddies through buddies, stuff like that. Yeah, so, you know, working out with the team today, you know, you yeah. talked about how this is a young team, a team with a lot of compete. Yeah. Uh, but you, you talk about being a young team and you're a West, a 20-year-old veteran yeah. in the league. Uh, the question that I'm trying to spit out here is, you know, what do you see your role being with this club for the next few months? Yeah, just kind of try to mentor the young guys, show them, well, they, they're really good players, so I don't really, I got nothing to teach them that way, but just kind of show them how to be around the rink every day, just work hard, compete, take care of your body, know how to, that's a, for lots of these guys, it's their first full year in the Western League, so just playing with all the games now compared to 24 last year, so treating every day like it's really important, taking care of your body, and yeah. Now, we know you got the size 6'3", 195, something yeah. around there, right-handed shot defenseman. So have you had any conversations with the coaching staff or chat about what kind of role they're wanting you to play out on the ice more specifically? Uh, I don't know. They just kind of told me to play my game. They like who I am as a player. I haven't really gotten I haven't even gotten on the ice yet. I don't know my gear here yet, so it's kind of been a whirlwind. So I'm sure we'll talk about it. I'm sure they'll fill me in on what they kind of want me to do. So. For Swift Current fans who are unfamiliar with you, you know, talk about yourself, and I'll, I'll ask you the classic hockey question. You know, who's an NHLer that you would compare your game to? Uh, I'd say I used to always say Brent Seabrook when he used to play. I compare myself to him. I'm not flashy, but I, I consider myself a good puck mover with a good hockey IQ. 
Just kind of wondering, the, you know, going back to the Seattle situation, you were in medicine for so long and you go to a huge city in Seattle to yep. play there. Just the adjustment from like the off-ice standpoint, how was it going from a city like medicine at, you know, a, a medium to small size city yep. to a, a huge city in Seattle? Yeah, obviously it's different in Med Hat. I used to be able to get to the rink in seven minutes every day. And in <laughs> Seattle, I'm driving 20 minutes, 25 minutes through rush hour traffic. So it's obviously different, but like the one thing about Med Hat and here, obviously, is all the guys live so close together, which makes it a lot easier to hang out and spend time with each other. Yeah, so being a member of the Medicine Hat Tigers, you guys had your own kind of special COVID season last year, yeah. similar to what we did in Saskatchewan here in the Regina Hub. In general, what was that experience like for you? That's different. It was different, obviously. Like, no fans. You can't really go anywhere. It's basically just rinking home. So it changes your life a little bit. But, oh, you kind of just live at the rink almost you're at the rink you go there in the morning you don't want to really go home because that's the only time you can spend with the guys so that was i think the biggest part about last season some guys don't notice playing in front of no fans were you somebody who can kind of just adjust to it or was it very weird for you i think i I was pretty good at adjusting to it i didn't really notice it at first well you notice it i'd say you notice it more so in warm-ups and just like when you go off the start of a period but then when you're playing the game you're playing the game you don't really think of it What's uh, free time? You know, what kind of stuff do you do? Are you a video game guy, TV guy, Netflix yeah, guy? all of it, basically. Summers like golf, like watch hockey, like do all that stuff. Are you a guy who has an off-season job type of thing, or are you kind of just yeah. uh, skating? Yeah, I worked, I worked in the summer, and then I skate and work out, obviously, every day, stuff like that. Right on. Uh, you know, has there been any talk about uh, defensive pairings who you're going to be seeing some ice with yet? Or uh, I don't know yet. I, I, have no, I have no idea. <laughs> we'll see. Well, and this being, you know, your 20-year-old season, the yeah. Hockey League, is there any thought about what you want to do after the WHL is over? Or are you kind of just focusing on these last 40 or so games? Yeah, just kind of take it day by day. Hopefully, everyone wants to play pro and move on to the next level. We'll see what happens. Hopefully, I get a shot, but kind of just taking it day by day. Right on. Well, hey, we uh, we appreciate you making your way to this end of the rink. Yeah. I know it's been a whirlwind couple yeah. days for you, and Thank you. Uh, thanks for uh, thanks for squeezing a podcast appearance in yeah, there, man. Yeah, for sure. Thank you, guys. Eric Van Emp, feature guest on Broncos This Week, brought to you by Original 16. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. Wrapping up another edition of Broncos This Week, a big thanks to interim head coach Devin Pratt for joining us and uh, 20-year-old veteran blue liner Eric Van Imp, one of the newest members of the uh, Swift Current Bronco family, who will likely see plenty of ice time tomorrow night when the Saskatoon Blades are in town. Yeah, I think it's always fun when Saskatoon's here. Um, I think I think it's almost a rivalry everywhere Saskatoon goes. I don't know if they have a lot of fans other than in Saskatoon. So it's always fun when they come to town. And uh, the Broncos picked up a victory last time Saskatoon was here. So I'm um, looking forward to, to seeing some some different players on Saskatoon. Obviously, they made some moves to try and make themselves better, picking up Noah Boyko from uh, from Lethbridge and uh, Kyron Gronick from Prince George. So they've got aspirations on uh, on a playoff run here, and the Broncos have uh, have their same thoughts. So should be a fun one, and uh, it's going to be a very physical and uh, an engaging game, I think. Home and home series this weekend with uh, Saskatoon Friday night here at the Innovation Credit Union Iplex Saturday night in Saskatoon. Got to remind people of the uh, makeup game. If they follow the team via a printed schedule, a uh, reminder that the postponed game from December 30th is going to be happening this Tuesday. Yeah, and that's and that's an exciting one too. With you know the players that Winnipeg has, obviously, um, you know it's not the first time Winnipeg's been here this season. But um, you know NHL Central Scouting rankings came out uh, just recently, and and Matt Savoy I think was the third ranked uh, North American skater uh, for the 2022 draft, and Connor Geeky I think was also top 10. So uh, some big name players uh, coming to the Innovation.
Nation Credit Union Iplex, and you combine that with all the great talent that the Broncos have as well, promises to be uh, an exciting game on uh, on Tuesday. Right on. Uh, next action for the Broncos at home Friday night. Saskatoon is in town. Seven o'clock faceoff here at the Innovation Credit Union Iplex. Thanks, Bosch. Have a great week, and we'll catch you next week on Broncos This Week. You've been listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16.